Hello and welcome to Nursing Sound Reports, a podcast offered by the Iowa Board of Nursing. My name is Laura Hudson, Associate Director for the Board of Nursing, and today I'll be your host. The topic today, however, is about continuing education, and since I'm the Associate Director for Continuing Education for the Board of Nursing, I have a guest interviewer, Lucas B., and he is an investigator for the board, but he is also our IT and technical person who is going to assist me today. Lucas, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for helping us discuss the topic of continuing education, and I know you know a little bit about this because you do investigate some cases and the topic of continuing education. So we're going to flip roles here, and you're going to ask me questions about the topic so that we can get this out there for our licensees to use, and we also want to be able to just give a little bit of direction as it pertains to continuing education because this is one of those frequently asked questions at the board. I think well, you're absolutely right. It is something that we do field a lot of questions and phone calls about, so I'm glad you're putting this out there. I was thinking what we do is we talk about all things continuing education, and we'll go, you know, the requirements of it, why it's important, how nurses keep records, and the like. Go ahead, Lucas. Thank you. I think the first question is just to define what continuing education is and why it's a requirement. Right. So what we'll do is talk a little bit about the actual law, the Iowa law that establishes and regulates licensed professions and occupations. That's under Chapter 272C of the Iowa Code. And so not only nurses have to follow this, this would be anybody who holds those professional licenses regulated by 272C. So I think that's an important uh, fact that you just brought up is that this is not a something the Board of Nursing made up, this is a code. Right. So it's by code that we have to enforce this and, and that it's a rule because of code. Continuing education means that education which is obtained by a professional or occupational licensee in order to maintain, improve, or expand skills and knowledge obtained prior to initial licensure or to develop new and relevant skills and knowledge. And there's a a variety of ways that people may obtain their continuing education, and we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go on. So why is CE important? Continuing education is a way that we can assure that individuals are continuing a growth mindset, right? You can't go into a profession and think you'll never learn anything again in your life. In fact, I just this past week was with nurse residents at a healthcare system, and we were talking about the topic of lifelong learning is probably a more familiar turn, but the thought of a growth mindset that I am going into a profession and I need to continue to improve my competencies in that profession and to always continually learn in that profession. So it isn't something that we can just take our nursing school as an LPN, RN, or an advanced practice nurse, and never learn again. It is a part of our profession that we will continue our learning experience throughout our lifetime. That's a great point. When thinking about uh, this lifelong learning, trying to be a lifelong learner, do you have any uh, insight on how quickly things change in the medical field or in nursing specifically? I know at a certain time we looked at, you know, five years makes a big difference between technology and standard practice for nurses. Can you expand on that a little? Lucas, things can change overnight in the field, and that's evidenced by what we've seen in the last year with the pandemic and the scientific 
developments that occurred even just in a year's time or a little over a year, most healthcare entities have competencies already established for specific jobs, positions, titles. And what they do is they take individuals through those competencies to make sure that they are are well-versed, the, the jobs and the skills that they're doing. And then in addition to that, as new evidence base comes out of the profession or in the healthcare field, as new information comes out, there has to be a way to push that out to the professional licensees, and that's where continuing education comes into play. So another way to say that is that if you're not keeping up with your continuing education, you're falling behind in the field. Exactly. And you risk putting your patient outcomes at risk, good patient outcomes at risk, if in fact you aren't staying competent and advancing your learning throughout the year. I think you've explained very well the importance of completing continuing education and why the board places an emphasis on this. In that vein, how should nurses keep their records so they can show that they've completed the continuing education that is by code required of them? We talked about Chapter 272C, the Iowa Code. So then there's additional guidance to nurses in the Iowa Administrative Code. And for registered nurses, that is 655 Iowa Administrative Code is the continuing education chapter for licensees. And in that chapter, it sets forth the requirements, which are 36 contact hours of continuing education in a three-year renewal period. Roughly, nurses have to do about an hour of continuing education a month, if you think about it. That makes it easier. Sometimes it's overwhelming if people think about, oh, I've got to get 36 contact hours. But if you have a, a growth mindset and a lifelong learning mindset, you should be continually looking for those opportunities where you might advance your skills or improve upon your skills and learn about something new. So 36 contact hours are what's due. And the way that that is documented is as soon as you take a class from an Iowa Board of Nursing approved provider, an American Nurses Credentialing Center provider, a whole list of providers are out there nurses are able to use. As soon as you take a class from them, they give to you a continuing education certificate. That certificate needs to have your name, the date you took the class, the contact hours that were awarded, and sometimes CEUs are awarded. We, we can talk about that in a little bit greater detail too. But contact hours are awarded. Again, the title of the class. And then almost always those certificates tell the licensee, keep these records for four years. So we have a three-year renewal term, and we ask you to keep your records just a little beyond that. So if you're ever audited, you have the records you need. Laura, is there a specific place nurses can look to see where they can obtain continuing education? Sure. The board's website at nursing.iowa.gov, that's N-U-R-S-I-N-G dot I-O-W-A dot G-O-V, nursing.iowa.gov, there is across the top of the website the various categories of information for licensees and the public to look at. Continuing education is one of them. And once you get to continuing education on the website, it will tell you what the basic requirements are, what qualifies, the topic of distance learning is out there, what appropriate subject matter is out there, what are possible continuing education exemptions for somebody if, in fact, they, they are unable to complete continuing education, and then the ways that special approval may be gained. 
there really are a plethora of opportunities now. We have 17 different entities through which nurses can earn their credit. So what would happen is if I did a search on Google, for instance, and said, nursing continuing education, a bunch of things will pop up for somebody. When you look at that, as long as whoever approved that continuing education matches one of those entities we have listed on our website, then you may use the credits. A nurse may use the credits. Again, as long as it's following appropriate subject matter. So, for instance, someone who is approved by the American Nurses Credentialing Center has already been vetted, and that would be appropriate subject matter for a nurse to be able to take. So the takeaway is that you have to make sure that the provider is approved by the Board of Nursing or has uh, some accreditation that we're going to accept uh, to ensure that it is a qualified course. That's correct. As you probably can recall, Lucas, when you've done cases and someone has done continuing education and it doesn't meet the criteria. Yeah, and so what we're talking about here would be an audit of continuing education. Um, that's done through the um, continuing education staff here, but then if it, if for some reason there's a discrepancy, then there can be a case opened, and that would come to the enforcement division for an audit. And that's sort of what you're speaking about here. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's, you know, not getting into any specifics, but when we do see uh, issues or concerns in the enforcement side, it's usually because somebody didn't know that a course was not approved or there was some confusion there. Mm -hmm. I think that one of the things as it pertains to um, continuing education, again, there are so many providers out there now and the continuing education rules have been around long enough now in all of those states that have mandatory continuing education. Again, Iowa being one of those that People who are planning those continuing education classes know what the rules are. They follow Iowa's 655 Iowa Administrative Rules for providers of continuing education. They know that it needs to be a well-planned, well-documented class, one that is based on evidence, current evidence, and then it needs to be laid out in a very specific way, delivered to licensees so that it is a benefit to both the entities they serve, the hospitals, the healthcare systems they serve, and to the licensee who is trying to maintain confidence. So the one spot to look is going to be on our website. You said nursing.iowa.gov to uh, get all this information and make sure that you're obtaining courses that are going to count towards your continuing education requirement. Yes, the heading that's out there that says what qualifies will tell you exactly those places where you can earn credit Again, the entities you can earn credit from, but also the board a couple of years ago changed their rules, Lucas, and we've even expanded it further. So individuals who are in, for instance, a nurse refresher course, for our newer nurses who are in their nurse residency program, again, established by their entity they're working for, they can use those credits. We realize that those new nurses are already learning and and the things that are going on in their job, and the board offered that if they show evidence of a nurse refresher course taking place in their first renewal, they've already got what they need for continuing education because the board will count that as 36 contact hours. Some of the other ways that they can earn credit, and this is one that's fairly new and I think one that has been overlooked a little bit, is preceptors. The board has decided that they will give credit to individuals who are preceptors. In other words, they are training other individuals on a new job 
or are new to the profession, and the board has said, okay, if you spend a minimum of 120 hours with one individual while they are being precepted, then you may count that as 12 contact hours of nursing continuing education. So that's a really nice one that has happened in the last couple of years when the rules changed. Laura, are there any additional areas where nurses can obtain continuing education? Sure, there are. Lucas, you know, one of the really exciting things for nurses is, and again, it falls under the line of lifelong learning or a growth mindset, are those individuals who go on for additional formal degrees. So, for instance, someone has earned their associate degree to begin their nursing profession, and they decide to go on and earn their bachelor's degree, or they've got a bachelor's degree and they go on to earn their master's degree. One of the ways nurses might not realize they can earn continuing education credit is through the formal education process. And again, that would be one of those things that is on the board's website. For every one semester hour of formal nursing education, a nurse may count that as 15 contact hours of nursing continuing education. So if you are in school... Good for you because we aren't gonna we aren't gonna make you do double. You you are already in a form of continuing education, especially if you're in a formal program. So that's all spelled out again on the on the board's website. And how would nurses show the board if they were audited or needed to maintain those records? Show that they completed that course or completed that higher degree. That would be one of those situations where the documentation required is a formal transcript. So if someone's getting ready to renew their license, they would need to make sure they have their formal transcript on hand. And that would be, it can be issued to them. That's not one that comes to the board. I just want to reiterate that licensees don't turn in their paperwork for continuing education until an audit is requested. So nurses could go several renewal periods with never having to show their continuing education proof. I have a, a good friend who she was in her 50th year of nursing and was had her first audit. So always maintain records just in case. Exactly. It's a random audit. You just never know when it might come along. So nurses really should be taking a look at the website to make sure that or to find out that there's there's things that they may be able to count that they haven't counted in the past. Exactly. And what it all boils down to, though, Lucas, is documentation. And I can't stress that enough. And nurses know this. It's, a, it's one of the things we learn while we're in nursing school. If it isn't documented, it isn't done, which is why we focus so heavily on, do- heavily on documentation in nursing school. But I would just say it is the nurse licensee's responsibility to keep track of their continuing education. In Iowa, we don't have a mechanism where the providers keep track of that and then report it to the board. So it is the licensee's responsibility. So again, I'm going to go back to that example. This past week, I literally took my notebook with me so the nurse residents could see how I keep my continuing education records. I think it's fair. I'm If I oversee continuing education for nurse licensees in Iowa, my records better be in order. And they are. And I will tell you probably... One of the biggest things that catches our nurses in an audit situation is that they have not kept their documentation together. So my suggestion is you open, this is just plain paper. Electronics are really nice, but guess what? Phones get dropped into water, phones get lost, phones get crushed, and information goes right away with it. What I would suggest is that as soon as they have their certificate, it goes into a notebook. They know it's for their current renewal. They keep a running total of what it is that they have 
for continuing education. So as they approach their renewal, they have what they need. And again, it's 36 contact hours in a three-year renewal term. Thank you. We've touched a little bit on audits here between you and I and how we deal with audits, but let's kind of back up a little bit maybe and see for a licensee, what would an audit look like from their perspective and what do they need to do? Sure. What happens with an audit is as soon as they renew their license, as soon as a licensee hits renew, they will know if they're audited. Audits are random audits, which means I have no idea who's going to be audited when they renew. No one does. Our licensure system does that random audit. When you are going to prepare for your license renewal, again, my suggestion is you act as if you're going to be audited because as soon as you know you're audited, you have 30 days to turn in the paperwork documenting that you what you just attested to on your license renewal and the attestation statement is, yes, I have my 36 contact hours of continuing education. If you have checked that attestation statement, as soon as you are known to be audited, then you would be able to send in your paperwork. So what you're saying is in the renewal portal, when they renew their license online, there's a checkbox they have to indicate, I have all of my continuing education and it's been completed within this time frame. Correct. Correct. So once they've done that, it'd be good to have all that information in front of them. Exactly. And you talked about a random audit. Is there, are there any other types of audits the board does for continuing education? The only other would be in a case investigation. If someone were audited, that that would be a requirement then. Thank you. So what's the next step for a licensee if they see that they have been selected for that audit? They will be sent a checklist, an audit checklist of the things that they need to turn in because part of the requirements of continuing education documentation in Iowa includes the mandatory reporter training. Now that would be for dependent adults or children. And again, it depends upon the population that a nurse licensee serves. So for instance, if they are individuals who work in a pediatric office only, their requirement would be that they would need the child abuse mandatory reporter training. And then if they are only treating dependent adults, again, they would need the adult mandatory reporter training. That training is offered through the Department of Human Services. The Department of Human Services has an actual training site that, that, that covers that topic. This would be for individuals who regularly examine, attend, counsel, or treat children or dependent adults. If you are in a healthcare system or a hospital, it is very likely that they would ask you to do both courses, and you would have to have that documentation as part of your CE checklist. So the, the checklist would come and ask you, it, it gives you all of the options that you can earn continuing education. You would check what you have, check whether or not you need mandatory reporter, and then those documents come into the licensure department where the audits are performed. And so what would happen if a nurse didn't have or couldn't locate their continuing education? Say they were short on education or perhaps you know, time got away from them and they didn't get done what they needed to get done. What should they do then? When they are renewing their license, the reason that attestation statement is there is it stops an individual. Number one, do you have it or don't you? If you don't have it, it stops you. And it suggests you need to get your continuing education. You may find yourself in a late, late renewal period then. 
So you would have 30 days in that late renewal period to get your continuing education done. But I also need to remind individuals, as soon as you're late, there's a $50 late fee too. So in a perfect world, licensees, again, they know they've got 36 contact hours of nursing continuing education throughout every time they renew their license. That hasn't changed for years. They have the 36 contact hours they need. If they're earning an hour a month, that's easy. You get to the renewal period 30 to 60 days prior to when your license is due, and you can check the attestation statement. I have it. You've got the documentation because you've planned that, you've been prepared for that, and you turn that in according to the audit paperwork you would get. If, in fact, we got your audit and there was something that was unacceptable, then we give you a certain amount of time to get that made up roughly 30 days to get that made up. And again, you would work with the licensed staff who works on these audits, and they are the ones who help you through, walk through what it is that was or wasn't accepted. So the licensure staff would be their first contact with the board if they did have an issue. And if they work with the licensure staff, there's usually a way to resolve that. Yes, there is. And there are times in in the years I've worked for the board where nurses self-report that they've made the error. And there's an administrative mechanism where we allow the licensee to make up that credit. Uh, Again, because they've told us, I made the error. Then if, in fact, we get to a situation where the licensee is ignoring our audits and or they do not make up the credits that they should, that's when a case could be opened with the enforcement division. Thank you for touching on discipline because that's the sort of final stop on this audit uh, process if someone failed to communicate with the board, which is why we encourage people to check their mail and make sure that they keep their addresses and contact information up to date so that if the board does contact them, they can resolve any of these issues uh, before it would come to a disciplinary matter. Uh, But as you said, the last could be that a case is opened. What would happen then? The case is assigned to one of the enforcement staff and then the investigation would ensue. So again, is one of those places where licensees need to pay attention to what's coming to them. Sometimes it really does boil down to making sure the documentation is there. And a case could be resolved if, in fact, someone is able to give their documentation and really does have the continuing education. They just perhaps didn't pay attention to the notice that came to them from the board, right? It's one of those situations where we really encourage licensees. Please, if you get an email or a letter from the Board of Nursing, you need to respond to what it's asking you for. Yeah, because it can be resolved usually if uh, we just get contact with the licensee. But uh, if we can't, then it can go to the board for review for a final disciplinary matter. Is that correct? So we need to remind our listeners that our board is a seven-person board appointed by the governor. Those individuals become the decision makers in a specific case. When it comes to continuing education, discipline could be a fine. I think that's typical you said each case they'll review on a case-by-case basis, but it is typical to see a fine related to CE. Ultimately, it's the board's decision what happens in an audit case, again, up against the administrative rules that are established. Thank you for covering that so clearly, Laura. Could you just give us a wrap-up about what we covered today? We talked about continuing education and why we have it, how someone can find places to take continuing education, 
where individuals should keep their records and how they should keep their records so they have them on hand. Who you can contact with questions is myself, Laura Hudson at the Board of Nursing, or many of the other board staff knows about the CE requirements and can help. Please don't hesitate to call the board office with your questions, but I really, Lucas, everything that's out there they need is at nursing.iowa.gov. Look for the continuing education tab along the left-hand rail. If you're on a full computer, list every category with continuing education, the requirements, what continuing education qualifies, etc. Really, that is the best source of where they can find out information about continuing education. Thank you for your help today, Lucas. So it wasn't just a conversation, one-sided conversation today. Well, thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. Do you have any idea of what the next episode could cover? Sure. Tune in to our next episode of Nursing Sound Reports, where we're going to have a discussion about licensure. It is one of those topics, obviously, that affects every single licensee. So we will delve into the specific topic of licensure in one of our next episodes. And can you tell everyone where they can find this podcast? Sure. You can find the Nursing Sound Reports podcast on Apple Google, Amazon, and Spotify. I want to thank Lucas B. for his help today. Thanks, Lucas. You're welcome.